Hello, lovely freaks, and welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Amanda. And I'm Hannah. And if you're new here, hi, welcome. If you like things strange and unusual, you can go ahead and hit that subscribe button. You can also go down to the description box down below, and you will see our link tree link, and it will take you to all of our social media and all that jazz. And all that jazz. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be the intro from now on. Anywho, so yeah, we are on part two of Dahmer. Dahmer. And where we last left off was when he moved into the apartment, um, like the famous apartment in Milwaukee, the Oxford Apartments, on 924 North 25th Street in Milwaukee Northside on May 14th. So, we're just going to kind of jump in here because we got a lot to cover and we don't really have anything to talk about (laughs) beforehand. So, we're just going to kind of jump right in. Um, So, now that he had moved into his apartment, um, it was time for him to, like, go back on the hunt. And that very evening, like, the same day that he moved into this new apartment, he decided to, you know, go search for his new victim. And that was when he met Raymond Smith. He was working as a sex worker, and that's how Dahmer, like, picked him up. First of all, I just want to say, like, you just moved into your apartment. Like, bro, you haven't even got things unpacked yet. And you're like, let me go find somebody to murder. Like, that's intense. Um, Having to unbox all those things he's like maybe he was like oh i don't want to unbox i'm just gonna go murder someone yeah then i'll unbox <laughs> like he's going to get like fucking lunch like a like dinner before yeah. he unboxes anyways he's like i don't feel like doing this i'd rather murder someone hide yeah. their bodies <laughs> um so once they got so okay he got this guy to go back to his apartment and probably with the promise of pictures for money and stuff like that a lot of that happens and we talked about that last time but i mean honestly a lot of that happens um that's how he like corks his coaxes them to get to get them to come back um so once they got to the apartment he put sleeping pills in his drink he strangled him to death and then he you know uh raped his corpse because he's into necrophilia First of all, should have put this at the beginning, but if you listen to part one, then you already know this. Full disclaimer, there's going to be a lot of talk about necrophilia, uh, cannibalism, rape, dismemberment, things like that. It's going to get really intense in this part two, so if you don't want, uh, if you can't handle that type of stuff, I was going to say to like that. Nobody likes that. Yeah. But if you, you can't like handle that. those topics, um... And plus, he wasn't living with his grandma, so he's like, he was like, yeah, I'm free. Yeah, it gets pretty crazy. Um, So, yeah, just skip this part. So, Raymond Smith, his first victim after he moved back into the apartment. Yes, he dismembered him. He raped his corpse. And then Dahmer, he liked to take photos of the bodies while he was, like, dismembering them. The photos would contain the victims on the bed, sometimes posed in, like, odd positions. Like... I think, don't look up the photos, but I came across one, unfortunately, in my research, and it was, like, a really, like, the body was, like, posed, like, 
almost like it was doing a back bend. It was weird. So, yeah. He also would take pictures of them in the bathtub. He would show where he had opened, like, the chest cavity. So, he would, like, and remove, like, organs organs and stuff. Like, while he was in the process of dismembering them, he was like, let me save this one for later. Cha-ching! Like, photo snap, like, snapshots. Yeah. And he would keep them because he was a sick mother effer. Um... He said it was a way of remembering their appearance, their physical beauty. If I couldn't keep them with me, whole at least, excuse me, I felt that I could keep their skeletons. I even went so far as to plan on setting up an altar. I had ten different skulls and skeletons as a sort of a memorial. So yeah, he had like an altar. I remember he was talking about that in the interview. Yeah, it was an altar or like a memorial to myself is what he said. So, he tried to freeze Raymond's skull, but it didn't work. And he put it into a container of acid to dissolve it. He then decided to try and dry it in the oven, but it didn't work, unfortunately, for Jeffrey because it exploded. So sad, Jeffrey. I'm sure he cried. Um, (laughs) Not that I care. One year after Jeffrey killed Raymond, he called... So, we're going to say this part because a lot of times people... First of all, there's all these women that are like, Oh my God, Jeffrey. And I'm just like, okay, well, first of all, he's gay. So, he wouldn't have went for you anyways. But secondly, um... Some people think he was just misunderstood. He was just misunderstood. Okay, boo-hoo. Um, this part will tell you how big of a piece of shit he was. And he likes to play like he knew what he was doing was wrong. But I really think it's just his way of trying to get sympathy out of people. Like, he's... Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Where was I? Oh, I was talking about he called. So... One year later, I lost my spot. I'm trying to find it hard. I'm trying to find it real hard. Okay, one year after Jeffrey killed Raymond, he called his family and told them to stop looking for him because he was dead. He knew it because he was the killer and then hung up the phone. Because they they had a search for him. And Jeffrey, he said that he did it because he didn't want them to worry anymore. But I'm like, no, you didn't. You did it because you're exactly. an asshole. Like, <laughs> you did. I did it because I didn't want them to worry. So, according to Jeffrey Dahmer, a week later, after um, Raymond, he went on the hunt for his next victim. However, this time, he got um, the male. So, I think he was. I'm trying to find where I was. He got a male what? Well, I lost my spot again. Oh. What's, like, what's really going on? I also think that, like, people are like, oh, he's so misunderstood. But there's a lot of people who are misunderstood who take out their, that are misunderstood, and they take it out in a healthy way, like writing music or, yeah. you know, instead of killing someone, it doesn't give you the right you to You could have been a rock another, star, Jeff. Yeah. Okay, so. Instead of ta- taking <clears throat> another person's life. Yeah, a week later after he killed Raymond he got he like went on the hunt again like I said and he I found my spot again by the way okay and um obviously (laughs) and he ended up 
finding this male, some 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 male. We don't know if it, like where he like what his name was because what happened was when he got this guy back to the house, he mixed up the drinks and he actually took the drink with a sleeping pill mixture. Um, he ended up passing out and the man robbed him and left. Wow. It's like that TikTok where you accidentally poison someone and then you drink yeah. it. Yeah. He's done it. He did yeah. it. Um, Jeffrey said that he hated killing people. Like, he hated that part. He said that really the thrill was getting the dead body, getting to the dead body and the dismemberment. Usually it took days for him to dismember a body or, like, get around to dismembering it. Yeah. While the body was in the bathtub, I think I said this last time, he would, like, shower with it and, like, have, like, a normal day. Um, I just think about the fact that, like, if you think about it, he also worked at the chocolate factory. So, like, how much, like, he's just showering with a dead body. And then he just goes to and work. And then he goes to work and fucking makes chocolate for people. Packages yeah. that. I'm <laughs> like... And then goes back home. Yeah. Like, that's creepy. Since Jeffrey... was your night, Jeffrey? Oh, you know. Yeah. Same old. Since Jeffrey was having to shower with the bodies, he decided that maybe it would be better to try to make sex zombies. Yes, you heard me right. Uh, But we'll cover that in a little bit. He explained that he was trying different methods to dismember the bodies. He would use acid to boil the body down, which took like days. He would let the bones dry out on newspaper all over the room, like all over his bedroom. So there's just like bones everywhere. everywhere. The chemical he used turned the bodies, like the bones, and without the bones in them, like he took those out. The chemical he would use would turn it to, like, a jelly-like substance. And then he would do the same thing like he did at his grandmother's. He would do to try to, like, put it in a trash bag or flush it down the toilet or whatever. A lot of people said that they could smell things coming from his apartment. Of course, that's because he was, you know, boiling bodies in the kitchen. And, and, you know, I'm sure it smelled really bad. Yeah, I bet it did. Jeffrey then picked up a 15-year-old boy he brought him back to the apartment and of course promised him money for photos. The boy didn't want to drink so he couldn't drug him with sleeping pills. The boy said he remembers that the Exorcist 3 was playing on like a loop in the living room and Jeffrey decided to hit him over the head with a rubber mallet. A rubber mallet, Jeffrey. Come on. Of course this didn't work and the kid was like, you know, like what the what the hell are you doing, you know, and freaked out. So Jeffrey ended up calling the boy a cab home. <laughs> well, obviously, the boy reported um, this to the police. And when the police came, Jeffrey wasn't there. So, instead of the police waiting or, you know, sticking around and doing their job, um, they didn't do anything. They just left. They thought it was just, you know, homosexuals fighting or yeah. something like that. Even though the boy was a lot younger than him. They just didn't care. However, the boy didn't say, like, he didn't, they didn't have sex or anything like that. And he told the police that they didn't do anything Mm -hmm. like that. So. Which I was listening to a podcast. When was this? 1960 something? Probably. No, it was in the 90s. Or, well, it was like 88, 87 to 90. Yeah. Early 90s, late 80s. I was listening to podcasts about, like just gay people and lesbian people and like how the police would just like 
not help them in any kind of way. Oh, they yeah. They would try to get them to go to jail. Like, they'd come in, and somebody would be like, yeah, I think I've been raped. And then they'd be like, oh, well, you know, I don't think you have a permit for that stove. And then, <laughs> I need you okay. to go to jail. And then yeah. they're like, what? <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, it was bad. And th- there's a lot of this that happens in this, um, yeah what we're talking about today so june 1990 jeffrey at this point um he was mad because things were not going as he had planned when he then decided to it was time uh to meet he met ernest miller at a bar on the street when they got back to his apartment he did the usual he would drug them drug their drink however it wasn't enough and the guy was knocked like wasn't knocked out quite completely like he wanted him to. Mm-hmm. So Jeffrey decided to either attack him or let him go, which he didn't like attacking people while they were awake, but he decided, like, you know, fuck it. I gotta do what I gotta do. Because he couldn't let him go, obviously, because he was already, you know, drugged. And I'm sure that, like, some of these, not all these people drink, like, liquor. So mm-hmm. that was another thing, like, <laughs> I would have tried to have picked people that I knew were drinking, so that way, if they did get yeah. loopy and it, I, you know, didn't kill them or something, like, because it happens a lot, and they would know, oh, man, maybe it was just alcohol, you know, but whatever. Um, but yeah, he, so the guy didn't pass out, so he's like, okay, I gotta kill this dude. He sneaked up behind him. on the couch and stabbed him in the neck. This was, like, the only time that Jeffrey had ever, like, really killed Killed somebody like this. Yeah. Um, he then, of course, had sex with a man's bloody body. He said that he had sex with him for, like, hours. And then he sat around with his body and took photos. He said he kissed the man's head and lips and after dismembering him, he kept his heart and biceps. Jeffrey said, quote, this victim was when the cannibalism started happening. He said it made him feel like they were permanent parts of him. Besides the mere curiosity of what it would be like, it made them, it made them feel that they, it made me feel that they were a part of me. It gave me a sexual satisfaction to do that as well. End quote. Um, he kept Miller's skull and later painted it. He really liked his calf muscles and his arms because he was, like, a bigger guy. Mm. So, those are the parts that he would use in masturbation. And later, he would eat those parts. The heart, um, the heart was also what he liked to eat because it was, like, a muscly, meaty part, I guess you could say. And the next victim is when he tried to make the sex zombies. He said... Quote, I tried to keep the person alive by inducing a zombie-like state. By first in- <clears throat> injecting dilute acid solution into their brain or hot water. Boiling hot water. Mm. And it never completely worked. End quote. Which, you know. Duh. So just they died. <laughs> yeah. how, how long did they, like, after he would do it, how long would they die? We'll get into that. Okay. But, yeah, so he liked, um, would usually, like, I think keep the calf muscles and the arm muscles and stuff like that. That's pretty weird. 
Yeah. Just like, just that. Like, just yeah. Maybe I kind of. I mean, I don't really, but I kind of understand if you're like doing it with an actual body. But just like body parts is weird to me. I'm just like okay. Don't know. What are you talking about? You know, like just body parts. He just kept parts of the body in. Oh yeah, yeah. Instead of the entire like neck necrophilia just doing oh it with yeah his entire body yeah i thought that was weird too yeah i didn't understand that either um after drugging the victims the trying to make the sex zombies so this is what he would do after drugging the victims he would drill a little hole like in the skull and he would drip acid into this hole but unfortunately it would kill them over time within a few some of them would like die instantly um, someone would live a few days, but they stayed in a, that state, like, for a long time. So, I think only one maybe lived for a few days or something like that. I don't know. Um, we don't know if they were, like, coherent enough to feel anything or, like, if they realized what was going on. So, we have no way of knowing that. I would assume probably so, but I'm not sure. Jeffrey explains why he did all the things that he did, and he says, quote, I had these obsessive desires and thoughts wanting to control them, to, uh, I don't know how to put it, possess them permanently. I killed them not because I was angry with them, not because I hated them, but because I wanted to keep them with me. And, uh... As my obsession grew, I was saving parts, body parts, such as skulls and skeletons. Remember that in the End quote. Remember what? That in the interview. Watching that interview with him was, like, really disturbing. Was that the Gail Weathers one? Or, Gail Weathers. That's from like, Anchorman. What? Anchorman? <laughs> like, did she do that? Oh, that would be weird. I don't know where they came from. Uh, was that the the lady? Yeah. Interview? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it was, like, really weird. I can't remember her name right now. I don't know why I want to say it. He was just letters. talking about it so calmly. Like, he's like, yeah, I went to the store. Yeah. Bought some, some groceries. groceries. Came back. You know, shrimp and steak. I mean, I don't know. Um, September 24th, 1990, he went to the Grandview Mall and started patrolling for victims there. He ended up meeting a 24-year-old named David Thomas. He was a straight man, but he had kids. And he, him and Jeffrey started talking. And he kind of told Jeffrey that he was struggling, like, to take care of his kids. And, of course, Jeffrey being the asshole that he is, um, he told him that he would give him money for photos if he'd just come back with him. And then, of course, the man was like, since he was a struggling dad, I think he had even, like, had a few interviews and, like, they they didn't work out or something like that. And he yeah. was having trouble, like, putting food on the table. So, Jeffrey was like, you know, I'll, I'll give you some money. I don't know how much he told him, but... Yeah. I don't know how much he told him, but he told him he'd give him some money. And the guy decided, okay. So, after taking him, Jeffrey realized that he was... Um, oh, so, yeah, okay, I already said that part. He was talking, he, he said that, he, he said that he didn't know that he was a struggling dad, but then in another, but then some parts he says that he did know that he was, 
I'm just like, keep your story straight, dude. Yeah. Like, what does it matter? <laughs> you killed, like, a shit ton of people, so move on. Um, so, he said that he was, go- like, once David was out, Jeffrey decided, like, once he got him back and he drugged him, Jeffrey decided that he all of a sudden realized that he wasn't attracted to this guy. Okay. Yeah. And he didn't want to eat him. So, however, he could not let him go because he had drugged him and the guy could identify him. So, he killed David anyways, dismembered his body, took photos, and then he was mad about it, like, the whole time. He said he felt like it was a waste of his time. After this is when Jeffrey took, like, a cooling off period. So, he took a time off from, like, September 1990 all the way until February 1991. So a good while but yeah i was just like what a dick yeah like during could you imagine him like sitting there like when he gets him back he's like man i'm really not that attracted to him but i gotta kill him jesus christ and so he kills him and he's like cutting up his body he's like I'm, this is just i don't really want to do this 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 is pissing me off like <laughs> just his ghosts like yeah i didn't yeah. want you to kill me yeah. you asshole a waste of his time yeah cutting up body parts man that's a waste of time um He's so, he's narcissistic. He's very narcissistic. Yeah, I can tell. He, during this time that he took this break, he would drink a lot to the point where he would, like, not go into work. He was barely going into work and, you know, sometimes he would call in or sometimes he just wouldn't show up at all. He would also watch The Exorcist over and over again. He said, this is what he said about The Exorcist. He said, quote, I felt so hopeless and ill and perverted that I actually derived pleasure from watching that tape. Of course, it was on tape back then. Yeah. Um, some people that are listening are like, what's a tape? tape. <laughs> uh, so, I did, I'm going to continue saying what he said. I didn't feel, I didn't like feeling evil, but I tried to overcome the thoughts by watching this. Yeah, because that's going to help. Yeah, I was like, that's um, not It really... worked for a while, but eventually I gave in. End quote. So, this seems like bullshit to me because he says that he felt perverted and ill from doing the things that he was doing. However, he kept doing them. Like, as you'll see, he kept doing them. Also, why would The Exorcist be the movie you're like, you know what? I feel like that'll, that's therapy for me. (laughs) Like, I don't understand that. (laughs) Whatever. Um, so... Then, by 1991, when he started back again, um, he was having trouble picking up... This is kind of funny. He was having trouble picking up men at gay bars because the people were realizing, like, around in the bars and stuff like that, they were... A lot of people were asking, like, questions and they were like, who is this, like, weirdo that keeps asking everybody, like, if they want to go get pictures taken in their apartment? And so... he. It, which I think is kind of funny because I can they, imagine them yeah. being like, "No, dude, I don't want to like and then fuck the off." Person I don't just go. disappears. Yeah, and I'm sure they had to realize over time like these people were disappearing. So he decided to start picking up people on streets, like just walking out his front door and going down to the corner and picking up people. February 1991, he met 19-year-old Curtis Strolter. He got him to come to his apartment by the promise of you know, money and pictures, all the normal stuff. Once there, he decided the normal 
he would do the normal thing. Um, and I'm going to keep saying that because the normal thing is he would drug them, he would kill them. Yeah. You know, it just, that's all, that's the only thing he would do over and over again. Yeah. Once he was murdered, once Jeffrey had murdered him, he removed his head and kept it in the refrigerator. And Jeffrey described what he said he was doing with this sex zombie, quote unquote. Um, and he said, quote, then I tried to, uh, keep, the person alive by inducing a zombie-like state by injecting... Okay, so he explained it again, talking about the dilute acid. And he talked about how it never worked. But Arnold Lindsay was the first victim of this. So, this boy was 19. Jeffrey lured him off the streets with, again, promise of money and booze and pictures and all that. Um, instead of his usual, once he got him back to the apartment, things got a little bit more intense. After he drugged him, he basically waited till he was, like, good and knocked out. And he drilled a tiny hole in his head. Then he poured acid into the hole and, like, let it drip into the hole. Um, it woke Lindsay up, like, as soon as he, like, dropped the acid into his brain, it, like, woke him up immediately. And Lindsay said, I have a headache. What time is it? Then he immediately, like, collapsed on the floor and died right in front of him. Jeffrey then strangled him, just in case. And then he dissolved his body in acid and he kept his head because that was what he was attracted to on him. Um, The reason why he was able to dissolve the whole body in the acid was because at this point he had bought those 57 gallon blue drums and he had filled them with a hydrochloric acid. I remember I talked about how, like at the beginning we talked about the last victim. Yeah. And now when he walked in, Tracy, how when he walked in he saw those drums and the acid bottles laying everywhere. So this is the point where he decided like right before this, this is where he decided, okay, I gotta like figure out a way to dissolve these bodies quicker. So I'm going to have to, so he bought the, the, the big, the big drums so that way he could fill it up with acid and just stick the whole body in there. Um, he only put body parts he didn't want in this drum, of course, and the others he would like eat. So May, this is shit-tacular. This is just awful. May 24th, 1991, Jeffrey saw a deaf man signing at the door man at the bar so he went to a bar and he saw this deaf man and he was signing to the door guy and Mm -hmm. of course jeffrey being the shithole that he is he was like let me pray on this deaf guy uh the man's name was tony hughes in order to get the man to come back to his room or to his apartment room um jeffrey would wrote on a piece of paper do you want to come back to my place for drinks and also i can take some pictures for, sorry, I lost my spot. For money? For money, yeah, and I'll pay you. The man decided he would, and I think it took him a while to, like, get him there. Like, at first the man was like, no, I don't want to do that. But then he eventually, like, kind of gave in. Mm-hmm. And, um, Jeffrey, the man decided that he would go with him. Jeffrey drugged him, raped him, and then killed him. Then two days later, he went back out 
on the hunt. So I thought that was pretty shitty. I was like, what an asshole. And I think he's, like, I read somewhere that it took him a, took him, like, a couple hours to get the man to decide. And you gotta, you gotta wonder if the guy was like, I really don't want to do, you know, I really don't want to go, but. He was kind of like, fuck it, just go. Yeah. I mean, I would have went to, like, the bartender and I would have signed to him and been like, hey, this dude's bugging me, like, really badly. So, this brings us to May 26th, which this is, like, the most infamous case that's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That's in, that's Jeffrey Dahmer. That's Dahmer's correlated name? with him. Yeah, a lot of people, like, know this, this one. So, May 26th, he met 14-year-old boy named Conorak. Phone? I cannot say that last name, but Conorak, I know that. Um, he was 14, and Conorak was headed to a soccer game whenever Jeffrey stopped him. He um, used, yeah, he used his usual money and booze and stuff like that, and I'm assuming he probably told him, you know, I'd, he'd give him money for pictures or whatever, but unfortunately, Jeffrey used his charm to get this boy to go back. So, I don't know how he does that. Like, I guess kids back then maybe didn't... And this boy didn't speak, like, really great English because he was, um... Alasian, I believe, or uh, something like that. He was a different um, ethnicity. But... I'm just like, how? Why? Like, their parents didn't be like, no, just walk away from stranger, stranger danger. But I guess back in... Back then. Well, even in the 80s, though, we had a lot of serial killers. So, yeah. I just don't understand. Um, Jeffrey drugged his drink, and he passed out. When he did pass out, um, Jeffrey performed oral sex on the boy. He then sodomized him. And then he drilled a hole in his head and injected acid in it. Jeffrey decided... After this, after the boys like pass out on the on the um couch and he's got acid poured in his head, Jeffrey decided to go to the bar to have a drink. So yeah, he just left the kid laying there, drugged and on the, the couch, and after coming back from the bar a few hours later, Jeffrey learned that the boy was like he came in and he was like, well, Where's the boy? He didn't see him, but then he looked outside and he saw that he was standing outside. Um naked and he had like left Jeffrey's apartment. So the boy was frantic and um Conorak, he was frantic and he like wasn't making any sense and he didn't speak really good English because like I said he was low Asian. And so the neighbors couldn't really understand what he was saying. They just understood that he looked like he had been beaten and you know uh he was speaking to Glenda Cleveland and her 18-year-old daughter. They were confused and horrified, and they understood that he was in pain. Like, that was all they understood. They said that his legs were small, like, where his legs were, like, on the inside of his thighs. There was, like, small trickles of blood coming down from his legs, coming down from somewhere. Obviously, that was because, you know, Jeffrey had raped him and all that. So, or sodomized him. So, that was pretty terrifying. So, first of all, he's naked. (laughs) So, yeah. there's that. And then he's just looks really bad. So, they called 911. Um, 
you would think that would be like, oh, he gets caught. Great. But no. They call 911 and she said where she was and she told the operator it was a young man. He was naked and he had looked like he had been beaten. He was in serious help. Please help now. So, fun fact though. The In 1988, we had talked on the last episode that Jeffrey had molested a 13-year-old boy and he went to jail for that. Correct? Well, this boy was actually, Conorak was the younger brother of that boy, of that 13-year-old boy. And he, Jeffrey didn't realize that and Conorak didn't recognize him because there wasn't any, like it's not, I guess it's maybe their family probably thought that he was still in jail or something or whatever. So they didn't like show him pictures. That was a weird coincidence. Yeah, really weird coincidence. Um, Jeff, and so Jeffrey came out of the apartment and he told the woman, oh, this is my boyfriend. Actually, we like had a fight and he's actually like 19 and he's drunk, like super drunk. And let me just take him back inside. The woman, however, uh, the women, however, were not buying like Jeffrey's bullshit at all. And they stood because the boy was like cowering behind them, like trying to hide and get away from Jeffrey. Yeah. Yeah. And they, so they were standing in between Jeffrey and the boy. And the the black lady was like, no, you're not, like, you're not touching him. You're not getting near him till the police come. So. If he's cowering away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Jeffrey basically, so the police get there, right? Yeah. And bullshit ensues. And he basically, they see that the boy First of all, this the, if you see a picture of him, he does not look like he's eight, 19. Yeah, at I all. saw a picture of him. But Jeffrey convinced the police that he was his gay lover and that he was 19. And a lot of people believed that the cops didn't care because, you know, they were racist and homophobic. Yeah. Which like I believe they were. Uh, Jeffrey grabbed the kid, still telling the cops, like, he's it's fine, you know, I'll, I'll take him back inside. And... Even the police, like, helped him, like, carry him back inside. Oh, my yeah. God. Like, because he was so drunk, air quotes, sorry for people that can't see me, because um, that's what Jeffrey was telling him. He was so drunk that they needed to get him back in, so they, like, grabbed one arm and Jeffrey grabbed oh the other, God. and they walked him back in. I hope yeah. these police officers are fired. Oh, they are. So, however, um, I can't believe that actually And the like, kid was worked. still caught, like... When the police got there, he was still, like, scared of him? Scared of Jeffrey? Like, yeah, I mean, he was... People? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, he was still, you know, scared. cowering and all that. And I get, I don't know. The, the police said that, oh, well, they didn't, you know, we didn't really see anything suspicious. And I'm like, so what the fuck? What is suspicious to you? Does the dude yeah. have to, like, literally be stabbed and then... Like throat for you to be like, oh yeah, man, probably or need to go to jail for that. Screaming, being like, get away from me! Yeah, like, come on, man. The police man, the policeman that didn't do shit, obviously, um, got suspended initially, but later they found that they never even wrote a report up on this, and they never even looked up Jeffrey's name. So would they have looked up Jeffrey's name? They would have seen that he was a registered sex offender and that he actually committed assault on that boy's younger brother because I think they asked the boy his name and he might have told them or something. 
So they could have ran their names and they been like, oh, this is, like, he went to prison for that boy. That's got to be his brother because they have the same last name. Yeah, this is the kind that. of report that you don't write when, like, there's a dog that's barking yeah. and says, oh, yeah, this is my dog, or, like, a fender bender, and they're like, oh, no, we got it. You know, stuff that you yeah. don't have to write. This is, like, a big, yeah, you should write a port on this, or you should look this up. Like, so after they figured out all that and what they didn't do, um, they were fired, thank God. Good. And the chairman of the Milwaukee Fire and Police Commission said, quote, the extent of their disregard for basic uh, police procedure constitutes gross negligence, and their conduct cannot and will not be excused as an error of judgment, end quote. The policemen claimed, like I said, that they didn't think anything was wrong and, you know, it just looked, was like a normal call to them. Some reports say that they were um, reinstated later as police officers, but I don't. I haven't seen anything like that. Like I can't find anything like that, so I don't think that they were reinstated later. Um, and also, there's like a recording out there of the dispatch. Like they were like laughing, <laughs> like they had called back into the dispatch and they were talking about something like, "Oh yeah." Um, it's just uh, his boyfriend, and they were like laughing about it and stuff, oh and they were just God. being just being a bunch of douchebags. So yeah, he would have definitely, like, he would have gotten caught, and it sucks that they were so negligent enough that they didn't mm-hmm. didn't even care. Straight homophobic. And Jeffrey yeah. said, like, of course the boy died, and Jeffrey said, like, later on he says that as soon as they walked in the door. Like, he, he finished him off, like, as soon as they walked in the door. And the police shut the door. And they're, like, walking away from the apartment, and he wow. kills him. And I was like, oh, okay. The balls What an Jeffrey. asshole. Yeah. So, in 1991, during the summer, it got, like, pretty hot in Milwaukee, and it was kind of weirdly hot. But Jeffrey's apartment started having a very foul smell. And the manager came to his apartment because all of, like, the people were like, um, what the hell is that smell? So he came to the apartment and Jeffrey just told him that his fridge broke and that food was rotten and he was trying to like throw it away and clean up and all that. I don't know what a dead body smells like, but I can imagine it doesn't, it doesn't smell, smell like, like rotten that. food. Yeah. Um, then he came back a few weeks later because they were still complaining and Jeffrey told him, oh, I had a tropical fish tank and my fish, all my fish died. And, you know, that's that I smell. That would be very suspicious. Yeah. First of all, where is his fish tank? Like, yeah. And if all your fish died, why aren't you throwing them away? That would have to like, be a big-ass fish. Fish. <laughs> yeah. So, Jeffrey decided after this it was time to buy another 57-gallon drum, uh, you know, thing to hold the bodies in. Bodies, yeah. So, he also decided... Excuse me. Whew, he also decided that he would start trolling in Chicago for victims. So June thirtieth, he did. He went to Chicago to the gay pride parade. Um, he figured, you know, there's gay men, a lot of gay men. They're drinking, they're having fun, they're all drunk. So I'm gonna get somebody to come back with me. Unfortunately, no one wanted to go back with him, and everyone was like, "Uh, no, you're weird. We're just having a good time, living our best lives. 
fuck off. Like, good. <laughs> you know. Um, so he left, and when he got to the train station, unfortunately, that's where he met 20-year-old Matthew Turner. He was attracted to him right away, and he asked him if he wanted to take uh, photos with the promise of money. Matthew was an aspiring model, so the photos and the money seemed like a pretty good idea, and it seemed kind of legit, because I think Jeffrey was probably... Jeffrey was really smart, so I would guarantee that he probably figured him out first and when he found out he was a model he was like oh well I'm a photographer I could do headshots for you you know or something like that very manipulative yeah so when they got back to the apartment so this dude I guess rode on the train with him all the way back to his apartment and they must have had a normal conversation um Jeffrey did he still is gonna kill this person yeah Jeffrey did all the normal stuff. He drugged his drink, he strangled him, he killed him, dismembered him, and he kept this man's head in the freezer. And also, I looked up the pictures while you were talking, and it's awful. Very awful. I wish I didn't have. I just looked up the pictures of the victim, (laughs) and then I saw shit that I didn't want to see. I told you not to. And I was like, and I just fell down the rabbit hole, and I was like, oh my god, okay. Now I'm (laughs) sorry. I was wondering why you were so quiet over there. Um, July 5th, he went back to Chicago because he was like, hey, I got one there, so let me see if I can get another one. And that's where he met Jeremiah Weinberg. He was 23. Jeffrey said again to get him back to come back. He said that he used the promise of money. After getting him to his apartment, they actually spent two days together. So the first day, they had consensual sex. And then the second day, Jeremiah was like ready to go. Obviously, Jeffrey was not ready for him to leave. He gave him the drugged drink, like he always does, and then he tried to do the zombie, sex zombie thing. But this time, instead of doing acid, because everybody he had done that to had died, he drilled a hole into Jeremiah's head and poured boiling water into his head. Um, and it didn't kill him instantly, like the others but however it did leave him in a vegetated state which is so sad to me so he basically became like you know brain dead dead. Jeffrey didn't like this so he decided to kill him he then took pictures of his body he raped him dismembered him and then he kept his head but dissolved the rest into the drum um and that's just like, I can't believe he actually... Like, he's a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, this will totally work. But what A zombie-like state. Yeah. He wanted them to be his, like, sex dolls. Basically. And Jeffrey says that he didn't even really like the necrophilia. He just liked the fact that the victims weren't control. moving. Yeah. yeah. Just complete control. Like the I victims said in didn't the first move. Video, just get a girl, get a boyfriend. Say, hey, I don't want you to move. Yeah. Okay. You can All be the then. dom. You can be the dom, and they can be the sub, and just exactly. be like, "This is how my dominant side is. I need you to not move. Just lay there like a log. Okay. <laughs> don't even make a noise. Don't make eye contact. Pretend like you're dead. Yeah. Pretend like you're dead. They would um, think it was weird, but maybe they would do it, or just pay like stripper uh, hookers. Because he liked. Because the necrophilia part, he didn't like it that much because the body was cold, is what he said. So he didn't like that. He likes oh, the poor warm. Jeffrey. So that's the why he was. Cold. So that's why he was trying God. to make the sex zombies. 
Um, or, you know, you could just take pills to not have a sex drive and live your best life. Yeah. So, he then met 23-year-old Oliver Lacey. That was his next victim. He was walking down... Excuse me. Man, he was walking to downtown the downtown mall um, to get ice cream. And Jeffrey lured him to his apartment. He killed him like the rest. He put... But since this guy was an aspiring bodybuilder, Jeffrey, like, loved his muscles. And so he kept those parts to eat later. January 19th, 1991, he lost his job at the chocolate factory because he, like, never was there. And he was always drunk when he was there. And, you know, it's like high school all over again. Um, That was the day that he came across Joseph Braid... Braidolf? Braidolf, I think. At a bus stop. So, same day, you know. Um, this guy also had three kids. He was not gay, but Jeffrey preyed on him like he did the other man that had children. And he decided to say, if you pose for some nudes, I'll give you money. It's a quick bit of cash for you to have. Joseph agreed, and when they got back, he killed Joseph, raped his body, and... Um, Then he left him in his bed for days. This is disgusting. So, full disclosure. Like, it's been disgusting, but this is pretty fucking nasty. So, Jeffrey left him in his bed for days. Which, Jeffrey had not done this before. But when he came back days later to, like, do some necrophilia, there were maggots in this man's head. So, Jeffrey just cut the head off, stuck it in the freezer, and did his thing, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Then he took the rest of the body after that and put it in a vat of acid. So, yeah. He's not misunderstood. Yeah. He's a fucking after, psycho. Like, after like, seeing those pictures, I'm sitting here like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Those people who are like, he's just messing. I'm trying not shut to cuss up. so much, but Jesus. This is intense. Yeah. Like... And also, the cu- like, we're talking he, about dead bodies. Who cares about the cuts cussing? his head off and then puts it in the freezer, goes back, does some necrophilia to I a... I don't believe him when he's saying, oh, I just didn't want to. Yeah. Like, oh, come on. I really feel bad for doing what I did. Um, ugh. Anyways, now he... Now we have made it to July 22nd, which is the one that I told you about, the victim that got away. So, the last victim that got away. The one... I- um, it's okay. To refresh your memory just a little bit, um, remember the guy's name was Tracy and he kind of lured him with like money and stuff like that. And then yeah. he, they had some drinks and then he did it differently. Like he didn't drug him. He just put handcuffs on him. And then, you know, I told you he put handcuffs on him and then the yeah. guy was like, what are you doing? And then, you know, all this. So... Now, after Jeffrey said that he was going to eat his heart, that was the last part we left off with, um, he somehow, Tracy somehow overpowered Jeffrey and ran outside out of the apartment. He found a police car that was parked with Officer Robert Houth and Roloff Miller. Um, at first they were thinking this is just a gay lover dispute, but they didn't seem to be as, like, um, homophobic as the other police officers. 
Uh, but luckily, he convinced them to come back to the apartment with him. When they opened the door, of course, Jeffrey was standing there just trying to, like, calm them down and using his charm and his, quote-unquote, I'm so shy. Um, however, they I'm couldn't mysterious. go. So they couldn't go into the apartment, right? Yeah. Um, because they didn't have a search warrant. But Tracy, Tracy, like didn't give a shit. He was like, oh no, you coming. And he like dragged them into the apartment. He showed them the knife that he told, like, he was like, this is the knife that Jeffrey said he was going to eat my heart out with and like kill me with. Um, threatened me in the bedroom. Then while they were in the bedroom, they like had turned and then they saw like this stack of like photos on his nightstand of dismembered bodies and naked people and all this and they were like uh okay so this is a crime scene and they were like completely shocked they basically like fell into this they then decided to search the entire apartment and when they opened the fridge they saw a head two human hearts half eaten arm other various body parts they were also like the only thing in the refrigerator was, like, booze. And I read some reports somewhere that there was, like, a, um, like a, I'm holding my finger here to keep my spot. I read a report somewhere that there was, um, shit, what is it called? Like, you know how you have, like, a pan, like a cookie sheet? Oh, yeah. It was, like, under the refrigerator, and it was filled with, like, blood. I don't know gravy. Um, I don't know what he used it for, but he kept blo- like he kept the yeah, blood. blood. He would keep blood. And I'm just like okay, That's so weird. Um, yeah. They of course looked into the drums and found all the bones, like some of the bones and bodies and jelly like substances. Two detectives interrogated him back at the station the same night, and he confessed to like everything, like automatically. He's like, yeah, I mean. I mean yeah. Obviously. At least he didn't try to lie. I mean, how was he going to pull that off? But, But, like, yeah, there's no use of lying. Unless he was like, oh, no, I had a roommate. He just left. Like, I don't know. He has this weird shit. That guy just came over. Yeah. Um, So he was initially charged with 15 counts of murder and put into protective custody in jail. And they did that because, you know, he was a sex offender he had murdered a bunch of kids as well as men and they don't put up with that shit in prison like you'll get killed if you're a sex offender um and his bail was set at one million one million dollars january 13th 1992 he pled guilty by reason of insanity of course he did the defense attorney brought in an expert Saying that he was he had borderline personality disorder, schizophrenia, and alcoholism, of course. Probably the last one's true. And yeah. he probably did have schizophrenia of some sort. I mean, you gotta be a little bit psychotic to do what he did, anyways. Really yeah. Uh the prosecution, however, wanted to prove that this was that he was totally sane and lucid during all of this. And they did, because February fifteenth, nineteen ninety one, he was declared sane and received 15 life sentences. So basically life. He was sent to serve these sentences at the Columbian Correctional Institute. He talked to, um, he got to say, like, in the courtroom, like, he got to talk at his sentencing hearing. And this is what he said. Quote, No society will ever be able to forgive me. 
I know the families of the victims will never be able to forgive me for what I have done. I promise I will pray each day to ask for their forgiveness when the hurt goes away, if ever. I have seen their tears, and if I could give my life right now to bring their loved ones back, I would. End quote. Whatever. Literally, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Like, literally. You literally could have um, just not done all that. If you really felt sorry about this this entire time. Yeah. I felt terrible the entire time. So Why don't you just go ahead and give your life right now? Stop. Like, just yeah. end it. Um, all the families then got to do a victim impact statement. And Arnold Lindsay's sister, um, did that. And she, like, this, I'm gonna quote some of the stuff that she said, but you need to actually go watch or, like, listen to the clip because... Like, she's legit. Like, it's, that's how I would be. Like, if someone murdered you, I'd fucking lose it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. lose it. So, she said, quote, I'm the oldest sister of Arnold Lindsay. I'm mad. This is how you act when you are out of control. I don't want to ever have my mother go through what she has been through ever again. Then she screams, never, Jeffrey. I hate you. Motherfucker, I hate you. Don't fuck with me I'll kill you and she was telling him like look at me because he was like looking down at the floor like a pussy Yeah. sorry but that's what he reminds me of like he's oh I'm so innocent he was just like looking down at the floor and she was like pissed she like lunged at him and she was like you know look at me when I'm talking to you motherfucker like she was so mad and they like had to drag her out of there like sorry yeah Mm -hmm. um Shut up. So, he had a separate trial for Hicks, the boy that he killed back in Ohio. And, um, he received another life sentence for that as well. His first year in prison was in solitary confinement because, like I said, people wanted to, like, kill him. A lot of people knew about him, so they were like, "Uh uh-uh, no, we're gonna kill that dude. Um, after a year, he was moved to general population, and he was attacked by an inmate with a makeshift knife, a shank if you will. Um, Didn't kill him, though, but he was attacked. He said that he found God in prison, and he got baptized, and then he, like, repented all his sins. But I'm sorry. That's not really how that works, because we're gonna talk about something in a second. Let me just get there. So, he says that he found God, and so... Now we're going to talk about um, what one of his okay. So one of his interviews, he said that he always believed in evolution. So killing people was this is like one of his interviews before he found God. He said he always believed in evolution. So killing people was fine because he would could he could do whatever he wanted since there was no higher power that didn't exist and get away with it. But then in prison, he supposedly found God. So, Joseph Scarver was the inmate that ended up killing Jeffrey. Um, he would carry around newspaper clippings of Jeffrey's crimes. Like, this dude was, like, obsessed. Like, 
with killing him, not like yeah. obsessed with him. He said Jeffrey was an ass and would arrange his food to look like body parts to freak out inmates, and he would laugh and joke about the crimes that he had committed. And other inmates also said that this was true, and guards said that this was true. But uh, the minister that baptized him, he wrote a book about Dahmer, like, later on, and he said that the food thing was just him being funny. What? Yeah. So, I don't know who the hell that minister is, but he needs to be fired because he's given, like... It's not funny. He's given Christians and believers bad names. Uh, Like, a bad name. Yeah. So, yeah, because I'm like... So, that was after he got, quote-unquote, baptized. So, I feel certainly sure I'm not going to see Jeffrey Dahmer in heaven when I die. I feel like he's 100% manipulative. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna walk into the pearly gates and Dahmer's gonna be sitting over there because I'm gonna have a talk with God. I'm gonna yeah. go over there. I'm like, hold, hold up. <laughs> like, there's no way that he legit gave his life to you. I'm sorry. No, that's not. That didn't happen. He doesn't need you to might want to check that again. Gabriel might have messed up on that book. I need yeah. you to go look. <laughs> um. Anyways, so November 28th, 1994. Christopher was on janitor duty with Jeffrey and another inmate. He asked Jeffrey if he could... Oh, no. He asked Jeffrey if he actually did the things that, like, he read about in the newspaper. And Jeffrey said, yeah, I did. I did that. So, Christopher then picked up a huge, like, dumbbell because they were uh, doing the janitor things in, like, the gym or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he beat Jeffrey to death with it. He also beat the other inmate, but I think that, um, the other inmate was in there for, like, maybe killing his wife or something like that? I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Um, so he killed him, too. Somehow, they were all, like, left alone. Like, there was no guards around. Um, maybe they knew. They had duty together, which is weird because usually in prison, like if you get assigned a duty partner, like you're assigned that partner forever. Like maybe the guards knew the he guards was like, yeah, knew I'm going to kill him. Yeah, the guards knew that he hated Jeffrey because he had that newspaper and he would like full disclaimer be like, "Yeah, I, I hate that dude. I'm going to kill him one day." So, I know they and probably then, were yeah. just like, "Well, I mean, I don't blame him. I'm just going to go get a snack." Christopher Christopher said many years later that the guards actually did know and they were, like, fine with it. And that's why they left, because they wanted Jeffrey to die, because he was, like, a complete monster. So, yeah, obviously. I mean, I'm, it, you know, you gotta take the word of an inmate, like, with a grain of salt, but why, why else were they left there alone? Yeah. Like, that, that wouldn't have happened. And then I feel like him years and years and years later getting a getting killed with a needle is just not good enough. Yeah. Him yeah, he needed his head bashed. He needed his head bashed in. I think he got beat so bad it was like unrecognizable. So good. asshole. So I'm gonna leave you guys off um with this like last little thing from Jeffrey. So in an interview um the interviewer asked Jeffrey if you were to be out on the street now, would you still be committing these crimes? To which Jeffrey said, quote, Probably. If this had not happened, there's no doubt that I would probably be out doing it. I can't think of anything that would have made me stop. So obviously he didn't have no remorse all the way until the very end. And then? Oh, 
Oh, end quote. On the other part. <laughs> yeah. Forgot to end it. My bad. So, yeah. That's the story of Jeffrey. That's the... That's part two. Yeah, he was I a douche. I don't believe in him with the whole... I don't yeah. understand. Like, there's... Okay. We're, I'm gonna full say this. But whenever I posted part one, um, there was somebody that... I saw their uh, Instagram yeah. like name, mm-hmm. and it was I Heart Jeffrey or Jeffrey's wife or something like that. And I went and looked, and it was like Jeffrey's my husband and all this stuff. And I'm just like That's disgusting. <laughs> like okay, I am what I've said. Only interested in serial thing. killers Let because the bar be a little higher, girls. Yeah. Come on, just a little higher. Serial killers only interest me because. I don't understand how you can do that to someone yeah. else. Especially in Jeffrey's situation. Like, I don't understand any of that shit. Yeah. Um, so that's why they're interesting to me. And I would love nothing more than to be a criminal profiler. But I'm not fussing to go be a police officer because I'm a little too old for that. But if I would have given the chance, like, would I go back? Like, if I could go back to, like, you know, right out of high school, I would have straight up did that. the victims interest me more than the actual serial killer. Yeah. Like, I want to see. That's why I always look up victims or, like, their faces. Because I want to, like, I just want to give them a hug most of the time. Say, I'm so sorry, dude. Yeah. I like every time I see, especially if it's a young girl with the Joko case. Yeah. I cried so much because I saw her face and she was so beautiful. I just want to hug her and yeah. kiss her and be like, I'm so sorry. For sure. And so you're, that's, like, I, that's funny. We're, like, total opposite. You, like... Like, I feel for the victims, too, as well, and I do want to know about them. But on the other side of that, I'm very interested in, like, the mind and, like, how it works. Yeah. And you're over there, like, I don't care about that. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. I don't That's how opposite we are. You feel. Like, I don't I don't care what made you do what you did. You're a piece of like, shit. And I'm yeah. over here, like, I Society really want to know. Society made me this way. Get <laughs> like, some, what? How? I don't understand. Let me just say, get some balls and figure out your own shit. You don't oh, yeah, have to take sure. out your shit on other people by killing them or I mean, hurting them physically. Everybody you has... You have to figure out your own shit. Yeah. And get your shit kicked up on one corner instead of taking out on everybody else. Yeah. Boo. Every, who? Everybody has, like, screwed up situations. So that's what kills me. Like, no. I, I literally think there's, like, a chemical imbalance or there's something in the brain that makes Maybe. those people do what they do. Sometimes um, I just think it's egotistical morons who are just like, I can do well, whatever I All want. of them are narcissistic. For sure. Especially Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy, I don't like yeah. Ted Bundy. He's the worst of them. I would have like, to. Like. Or the Night Stalker. The worst. Oh, you mean like as far as like. Ego and everything. Ego, like, just yeah. super like, you know, I'm attractive, so like. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, whatever. And the women, like, come on, girls. You you have to have your bar a little higher. Does he just have to be attractive and that's it? He doesn't have to do anything else? Like, come on. <laughs> Just put your bar a little bit higher. You, I don't care if you are the most ugliest woman in the whole wide world, and you don't do anything, and you're a terrible. And you, and you think, think you're like you're, you'll never find world. anybody. You will find someone. Don't Come fall on. for that. Exactly. <laughs> Just set it a little higher than that. We're talking about like after you realize they're serial killers, yeah. not like and also not like the women the night that stalker. Were... The women that were in love with the night stalker, they were attractive women. Oh yeah, they I were. Was like what? What are you yeah. doing? Stop. 
I think some of them just did it for the publicity, though. That could for that. be it. Yeah. And they definitely got some fame. Because wherever they are right now, if they saw that Netflix series, they're like, Oh my god, that's me and my tits! Look! My what? face is blocked out, but look, that's me! <laughs> if she's married god. now, her husband's like, Oh, oh okay. You never told me that, <laughs> yeah. sweetie. We need so, to have a conversation. He had pictures of you. All right. Great. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. So we're done. We're rambling. Yeah. Got a little heated because freaking pictures. I'm just tired of hearing people liking cereal. Like loving them like that. It's annoying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't understand that. I don't get it. I love, you know, sushi and I love Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. But I'm not fussing. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna freaking. I'm not gonna marry it. Marry it. <laughs> and I damn sure don't. There's nobody out there that I'm like. I mean, like you know. Adam Driver's pretty hot though. <laughs> well, he's not a serial killer, he's so not that's a fine. Serial killer, so that's good. <laughs> and if he came out as one, I'd be like, no, okay, well, we're done with you. <laughs> we're done fantasizing. Goodbye. Yeah, I was gonna say, what would you do if you're like your favorite uh, celebrity oh, yeah, came out like, as a oh, serial no. killer? Because the personality. It's all, it's all about the personality for me. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, guys. Well, we're going to head out. So, we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. As always, you can like our stuff and go follow us on social media so you can see all our other stuff. And if you haven't listened to the other um, episodes, go ahead and do that. Well, if you haven't listened to part one and you've made it this far, then I don't know what you're doing with your life. Yeah. You should have listened to that first. But, anyways... All right, we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye.